0: You're listening to Are You Happy Business Podcast on Captivate.
1: Hello, Are You Happy Podcast. I'm here today with Jory Rose. Thank you for being on. Jory helps people have a better relationship with first themselves, but also their spouse and or their children. She's a host of the podcast Journey Forward with Jory Rose. And she actually just wrote a book, A Year of Gratitude that includes daily meditations and inspirations just talking helping people be more grateful for the things that they have. She also leads retreats for couples and women around the world. She actually has a virtual retreat coming soon in September with five different experts cultivating satisfaction. And even though you're not exactly where you thought you would be, just cultivating that satisfaction. Joy, would you mind taking it away and just giving us first a synopsis of like what's going on in that virtual retreat? Just like your origin story, like how you got here to the point where you are now.
0: Yeah, thanks, LeBron. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, my origin story, I'll start with that, because I think that leads right into the purpose and intention of the virtual retreat. But I am one of those people, like many others I know, who you know just kind of check all the boxes in their life and just did what they thought they needed to do. And in the hopes that when all those boxes were checked, they would feel happy, fulfilled, satisfied, aligned, you know, authentic in their life. I just kept doing what was next, what was next, what was next. Lo and behold, I woke up one day in my early thirties and I kind of had this existential crisis of how did I get here? I didn't remember making the conscious choices to get to where I was. I was doing the next logical step, but didn't really know myself well enough to pause and ask myself, is this really what I wanna do? What's my bigger life purpose? What's my intentions? And really even just who am I? At the time, you know, being married to my high school sweetheart and having two young daughters, it really posed the existential crisis because I had had everything that I had set out to achieve. And yet while I was happy and my life was fairly easy, I wasn't really fulfilled. I delved into a quest of self awareness in which I cultivated a meditation practice, learned how to get still to quiet the thoughts in my mind, how to manage the anxiety that often drove me to just making those quick decisions to get to that next step. Having come from a childhood in which there was trauma in my family of origin and challenges, I often sought uh, things to keep me feeling safe and secure. And while those were good in the moment, it left me feeling, again, out of alignment, unfulfilled, not really sure who I was. That journey of delving into meditation, which really was the foundation for a mindfulness practice, I completed my hours to become a marriage family therapist, really delved into the world of mindfulness, both in a personal and professional way, developed curriculum and mindfulness. I taught mindfulness to kids in a school for four years, wrote a book on mindfulness for kids, wrote a book for educators to teach mindfulness to kids, did mindful parenting workshops, started leading retreats. When I became licensed as a therapist, mindfulness really became the focus of the work with my clients. I define mindfulness as living with greater awareness, attention, and intention because we're so often just living our lives on autopilot. We're not even aware of what we're doing, what we're feeling, what we're thinking, why we're doing what we're doing. Thus, it ends up leaving us feeling disconnected from ourselves and in unsatisfying relationships. That origin story really, you know, informs so much of what drives my professional life and continues to evolve in my personal life as well. Because at the end of the day, we want to be happy. The things that we think make us happy are often external to us, but they're also fleeting, right? That car or vacation, right? New pair of jeans or shoes, you know, a great meal out. Like they're temporary until we can know who we are, understand what's going on inside of us. Then none of it matters. I'm really fascinated by people and relationships. I always have been. And I'm in the business of helping people be in better relationships by understanding who they are and what's preventing them from having better relationships with others. That's really how I got to where I am. That transformation was not an easy one. I ended up getting divorced in my mid 30s, which I never thought that would be something that would have been part of my journey. And it's forced me to really get clear on. That mindfulness practice of being aware of what's arising in each present moment, my thoughts, my emotions, my people around me, paying attention to how I typically respond, you know, looking at my mindset, my habits, my patterns, my narratives of how I define myself, and then having really clear intention on why am I doing what I'm doing? What's driving my decisions? Is it anxiety-driven? Is it motivated by safety or security? Or is it really in alignment with my heart? So that thats really...
1: How I got to where I am that's awesome I feel like everything that the things that you're doing are very like people, I talk to people about happiness, all the time, but the things that you're doing about mindfulness and all the other stuff is like very. Implementable things that lead to happiness, is there any um, piece of maybe like something that's like extremely implementable that's, if someone were to practice more mindfulness in their day-to-day life? Is there like maybe a question they can ask themselves whenever they're making this decision? Yeah,
0: story? absolutely. And I think, I love that you said implementable because that's one of the ways that I pride myself on teaching mindfulness and meditation is in a very attainable way because it can feel like a very esoteric practice. Like what does it even mean to be mindful? It feels more conceptual than practical, but no, it's really a practical practice. It's, if anyone listening takes only one thing away from what you hear today, it's take a minute and just breathe. Like if you just pause throughout your day, especially in moments of stress, anxiety, overwhelm, disconnection, frustration, sadness, anger, depression, you name it, whatever was arising that was difficult, that was standing in the way of you feeling happier, more content, more satisfied, more fulfilled within yourself or your relationships. If you just pause and took a minute to take some conscious inhales, and conscious exhales, that is almost enough because that one moment of breathing is gonna put you on a different trajectory from reaction to responding with intention. When you take a minute to just breathe, it's gonna calm your brain, it's gonna calm your body, it's going to get you present. Oftentimes we spiral about things in the past or things in the unknown future. But when you pause and breathe, it brings you right back to the here and now. And even if the worst case scenario is happening in this moment, as long as you're breathing, you're already getting through it. It's really that simple. Not always easy, but it's that simple. Because if we can just pause and breathe, then we are also able to be more accepting of what's arising in this present moment. So much of what causes us frustration is when we cannot accept what's here. We're denying, resisting, ignoring, pushing away, pushing down, pretending it's not happening because we don't like it. And so when we can pause and breathe, it's a way of getting to acceptance of what's here. But my clients always say to me, sorry, how do you accept what you don't like? Like, how can I accept what's happening in this moment? If I don't like what's happening, my response is always not accepting it doesn't make it go away. It only makes your reaction to it bigger. And as long as our reaction is bigger to whatever we're not liking, how do you think that's going to make us feel? Is that gonna tend us towards more peace and ease and flow and alignment and happiness? Or is that only gonna keep us aligned with frustration, irritation, overwhelm, dissatisfaction, unhappiness? Really choose the path you wanna be walking down. Life is gonna throw its curveballs, how you respond to those that impact how it affects you. And this is so much what I'm doing in the virtual retreat that I'm hosting in September is. I would imagine if we did a sample of anyone who's listening right now and asked the question are you where you thought you would be at this point in your life or are you satisfied with where you are many people my guess are not satisfied with where they're at because they had some expectation that they should be somewhere else as long as we're living in those should we're not accepting where we are and once we can accept where we are with self-compassion not with judgment with gratitude, with loving kindness, with presence, with awareness, then and only then can we find the path to happiness, to satisfaction, to fulfillment.
1: Interesting. I have a question for you. It's like really hard to articulate. This is kind of like based on my own experiences as well. People always talk like, this is more so like a conversation about relationships. People always talk about giving yourself alone time and just like discovering who you are and like only, don't go into a relationship when you feel like you're ready for it and you feel like you know yourself but where do you draw the line like what when do you decide i guess when's the starting point where you're like okay i know myself i'm ready for a relationship because a lot of the times you might like be too alone and you feel like you start isolating yourself and then you don't open yourself up to the idea of being in a relationship with people for someone that's like consistently in a relationship and then wants alone time like when do you When's like the starting point i guess
0: Yeah, no, I I get your question. I think it's a great one. First off, I think the process of self-discovery is a lifelong journey and it's ongoing. You know, I'm 45 years old. I know myself so much more intimately than I did even just a year ago, right? So we're never done and say like, this is it. And now I'm ready to embark in relationship because now I know for certain who and what I am. I would say first off, allow yourself to be on the journey around it versus thinking that we're trying to reach some final destination because every age and stage is going to bring about different levels of self awareness. Secondly, as far as it goes with, you know, finding a partner or being able to be in relationship while you are on that journey, I would say choose a partner who also values self awareness. So that way you can be on that journey together and you can ebb and flow kind of this Intersection or interweaving of independence. I don't like the word codependence because it feels like it's an unhealthy part of relationship. But kind of interweaving self and other, and being able to know is this a a moment in which I need, you know, time on my own, or is this a moment that I'm seeking to share with my partner? And I don't think there's a formula for that. I think it's a, a value, and a value set that if you are curious about learning who you are put that value as a high point in what you're looking for in another person because if you both share that value of awareness and growth then you're going to be able to navigate curveballs because life will keep throwing curveballs you'll be able to navigate them more effectively both individually and as a partnership that is a huge piece of what didn't really work in my marriage was I was on a trajectory of growth. When I woke up in my early thirties with that existential crisis, I knew I needed to grow and I needed more for my husband to grow with me. And he was very much like, this is me, love me for me. Like there wasn't an interest in that level of growth at that time. And that made it very hard to continue that relationship when I was on such a quest for my own self inquiry. Whereas my partnership now We are both very much on that quest and discovery. So we value and support each other, both individually and as a couple. Oftentimes for both John and I, who we actually do couples work together, and I know he's been on the podcast as well. For him and I, people always ask us, you know, how do you know if you should stay in this relationship? How do you know if it's worth fighting for or if you should move on? And both of us share a similar answer of, if you have a mindset towards growth, then it, it, then that's one of the biggest keys to know whether or not you should stay in it. If there's one person who's got a mindset towards growth, whether that be individual growth, individual self-awareness, relational growth, tangible, like learning new information, whether through reading, or taking courses, you know, some sort of growth. If you're growth oriented, I believe that you're available to find solutions to relational problems that you could be having. If you're not growth oriented and don't have a desire for that inquiry, it's going to make life a lot harder and make relational life more difficult, especially if one person is inclined towards that. Does that answer your question?
1: It does. It does answer my question. I feel like there's a lot of questions surrounding relationships that I can't always can't get answered in one call. But obviously, it was a huge step for you to like divorce because you like just it just wasn't a fit for you and I'm sure that was like a long process of deciding um yes it was because I feel like a lot of people are in relationships that they aren't really fond of they know they've been in better ones and they know they could be in a better relationship towards growth is there any tips you can give to people that need to make that extra step but it's like literally psychological where they feel like they are attached to this person despite oh I mean
0: I was with my husband since I was 13 years old so I don't know that it gets much harder than that when you really have no other concept outside of that relationship. It's hard. I mean, it was you know many many years of dissonance of not knowing which path to take when everything you know all the boxes are checked but something doesn't feel right. That's a really hard one to settle with because when there's nothing really quote wrong but it is that existential misalignment. Don't discount that your own internal barometer. More so important than the logic in your head, because people often dismiss their internal guidance system, their intuition, their gut check, just how it feels. And we rely too much on, but the boxes are all checked. But I've been in this relationship for so long, but it's not that bad. Yeah. Right? So I don't think there's an easy answer to how to do that, but one in which requires a lot of self-compassion. If something doesn't feel right, it's not right. Think about how we can use our own internal guidance system of what feels right when we're out in the world. If you're in a new city and you're walking down the street one night, you're going to have a gut check of whether or not this neighborhood feels safe or it doesn't feel safe. And you're going to likely rely on that to make your decisions on where you decide to hang out in a new city, right? If you don't have kind of, the check boxes to know, like logically, is this a good or bad place? You're going to rely on your intuition and your senses to help give you that information, right? I'm sure those people listening can find a time in which they would tune in, to, or even just walking past a person on the street, does this feel safe or does this feel out of my comfort zone? So we can rely on that quite often in our everyday lives, but when it comes to big decisions, we tend to dismiss that piece of our barometer that is really important. And then there's the other really logistical piece either, but I put so much time into this relationship. Okay. I can respect that. You've put time and energy and attention. You don't want to like waste time, but if you have a growth mindset, you're not focused on what I'm losing. You're focused on what I learned, right? Because every hard situation is teaching us lessons. Should we choose to see it that way? For many people, it's The other part of, oh, but I don't want to break up the family for the kids. Okay, I really respect that. I hold a lot of value on parenting. Are you role modeling the relationship you would want your children to have? Are you role modeling loyalty at all costs? Loyalty in lieu of happiness? What is it that you're role modeling? The other piece of it really comes down to you have this one precious life. Do you want to wake up every day excited for it? Or do you wake up every day going, what do I have to do to get through today? Because one of the things that most of my clients come to me and say, I don't want the next five years to look like the last five years. And if that's the case, then let's understand what hasn't worked the last five years. And let's figure out how not to create the very same thing that you don't want. Because that's the autopilot part of our life. Doing the things we know we don't like And then wondering, why aren't I happier?
1: It's that You feel like you're wasting time. It's like the psychological piece of, it's like almost like an addiction retreat back to a bad relationship or bad habits.
0: Exactly, exactly. And so understand that path towards happiness, fulfillment, satisfaction, alignment, deeper connection, that is not an easy path. I'll be honest. It's a lot easier to say stuff because you know what to do there. It's familiar, it's habit, comfort in our dissatisfaction. We're also attached to our narrative of dissatisfaction. Mm. We complain about it to our friends. But what would we talk about if we weren't complaining all the time about other people in our life for things not working out the way that we want? So we'd have to adopt a new narrative of what would it look like if I were actually happy? I am the one in control of that. The path I choose to walk every day, My mental, emotional, physical, spiritual path, that is within my choice each and every day. But if I am relying on old traumas, old narratives, old mindsets, old habits, old patterns, I'm just going to keep spinning in that cycle.
1: I think that's a good place to stop because I I like the way that you articulated that. And one of my favorite things that you said today was um, don't discount your internal barometer because of your logic Oh, something along those lines. Oh, yeah. I really like that piece. And It makes a lot of sense. And everything that you've said is very implementable. And I guess one thing that I would like to end on, if you can give any tips on gratitude, because you wrote a book on gratitude, what's like maybe one of your practices in the book that you remember, maybe like a morning gratitude practice. And then I'll give you that. Yeah.
0: One of my favorite things to do when it comes to gratitude is, you know, you often hear a really typical thing of, you know, at the end of the day, reflect on three things you're grateful for. And, you know, it's a lovely practice, don't get me wrong. I really like to choose one thing you're grateful for, journal on or meditate on five reasons why. It's not just I'm grateful for my partner, I'm grateful for my dog, I'm grateful for my children, I'm grateful for my clients. But why is it that I'm grateful? So, again, we can link it back to our intention and getting to some deeper level of awareness, we're getting off the surface level and we're dropping in a little bit deeper. That's one of my favorite gratitude practices. If you want to be able to follow me, I hang out most on Instagram at Dory Rose. It's J-O-R-E-E-R-O-S-E. Same as my website, DoryRose.com. From both Instagram and my website, you'll get access to my podcast, which I currently have on hiatus for summer, starting up the new season in September with amazing guests and some of the best, kind of biggest names in the field that I've had. So, really excited about that. My virtual retreat is happening starting September 17th, and that's a free retreat that's um, going to be with five amazing experts to help us bring more satisfaction into different aspects of our lives. Starting in October, I have my signature course called The Journey Forward Immersion, which is a live eight week course in which I walk you step by step on understanding who you are and what you want and how to get there
1: thank you so much um, I don't even have to ask you gave me all the stuff so I appreciate it and thanks so much for being on I'm sure our audience is gonna love this thank you Joy. thank
0: you so much for having me
1: of course